I haven't figured out life by any means. Every single day is a discovery for me. I just learned something yesterday. I even learned something this morning and I only slept four hours. I mean, it's just one of those things. If you have an open mind about life, I don't care. I might have 147 IQ. That don't matter. Don't mean I know everything. The minute you think you figured out life is the day you stop learning about life. Exactly. Knock him out the box, Rick. Knock him out, Rick. Knock him out the box. So sweet James Cilio. That's kind of what I started calling you. Is that okay? Is that a good Absolutely, nickname? Yeah, that's fine. James Cilio, we man. Can talk. I have an interesting yeah. story about nicknames, actually. You know, my name's James Salvatore Cilio. My middle name was supposed to be my first name. but Salvatore. Our, Salvatore. Wow, Salvatore. Salvatore. Ooh. Yes. Italian. That's got some Ita spice on it. <laughs> some Italian spice. I didn't like Salvatore, and I definitely didn't like my mom calling me Jamie. Both things are okay as you get older. But as a kid, I just didn't answer to Jamie, so I became James. But anyway, at the World Series of Poker, where I was just at recently, they had these things called satellites. It's a 10-person thing, basically. And you're in the World Series, by the way, which I'm very interested in. You're okay. playing in the yeah. World Series we of Poker. We can come back to the main know, part of the World Series later, but yeah. right now but I'll you're just in you, the World Series. Yes, just it ties clear. into my nickname thing. Yes. It's a very... Keep going with the like nickname. I'm, yeah. So nickname, you know, for being Sal, I never got called Sal or anything. I was just James in high school, called Sil because I kind of looked a little bit like Jamal Wilkes Silk. Yeah, yeah. So they cut off the K, my last name's Cilio. They called me Sil. Did you have the yeah yeah uh, no the, the no no behind I had the, the shoulder shot? No, I had the stupid double pump shot that was made fun of and told me I'd never make the varsity team because I was a BMXer. Then I went out and made didn't shoot six hundred shots, made six hundred shots a day, and I became the captain of the basketball team, made all league, and that's what you do when you work hard. You know that's what, what I'm saying? talking about, baby. You know what I'm saying that's what I'm talking. And guess where those guys were on the bench watching me play. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. Hey, it's, it's the truth. Facts. Making six hundred shots a day. <laughs> Not shooting. May sound like not shooting, <laughs> making. So you had to shoot a thousand. That's About. Kobe level. Like meaning, it sounds like. Well, what's the big deal? I could do that. Well, go ahead and do it then. I yeah. want to see you do that every day for how long? I had to do it for three months because I was racing <laughs> BMX at the time, and we can come back at that. Because I never played basketball. BMX. I never played basketball. I only played basketball when it rained during BMX. Yeah, yeah. Going back to how I, you know, where I came from and stuff. I was born in the Bronx. Um, yeah, let's culture. get to the story. Who are okay. you, James? I want to hear it. But Because I, I talk a lot. I go dark. Okay, cool. I'm go. there. I'm with you. Let's get dark. Let's get, get dirty. It. Let's get dirty. So I was I'm born in the Bronx, and uh, I'll make it, I'll try to, like, have serve and not kind of run, do too much run on, but, you know, at six years old, you know, living in the Bronx and stuff, I remember a few things about it, going to St. Simon's Stock, little Catholic school, walking in the snow, getting jumped by a bunch of guys for a bag of Doritos, you know, buildings burning down and stuff like that. This was the 70s. I was born in 64. Um, like my brother, my older brother. Oh yeah, really? Mm -hmm. 64. Yep. So at six years old, you know, I woke up and, uh, my mom just said, grab whatever you want and let's go. And I go, where are we going? My dad, by the meantime, was a taxi driver for him, for her to survive. I mean, she pretty much had to pick up his check every night because he just was just an alcoholic and just like, you know, would sometimes not bring home the money and, you know, cab drivers get paid daily based on, you know, change right. the meter and stuff, tips, tips and things like that. And uh, I can remember the vision of seeing my dad just laid out on the pull-out couch. He didn't sleep in the bed because mom was pissed off. My mom pissed off. You know, he came home again at, you know, 6 in the morning. Didn't come home after work. You know, why come home and spend time with your family when you go drink with a bunch of strangers? Right. And, uh, you know, we packed up with his brother, my, my uncle, my dad's brother, packed up and drove across the country. And we left my dad just laid out. That's... That was the start of like kind of my my life. Wow, like your first conscious, real, deep memory was that. Yeah, 
That's true. Yeah, deep memory. That's a good way to put it. So I just remember, What did you man, think about that? Like, how did that make you feel at the time? Did you know what was going on? I didn't know what was going on. I was happy I had my comics. Yeah. <laughs> as a kid. Is that what you packed? That's what I packed. That's all that's I remember. It? That's all I can remember as a deep memory, what I packed. I don't remember anything else. That's what was important. Yeah. I didn't even think about the, the dynamic of that being my uncle with my mom at that point. But that's right. What, so, you know, me and my two brothers... Which yeah. is okay. I mean, if they, if they, yeah. I mean, yeah, whatever. What, you if do it, what works for you, man. Yeah. You know, you know, definitely. I wouldn't expect anyone to stay in a bad situation. Right. I think she was trying to do the right thing, get us out of a hot, you know, a kind of a, you know, a situation that probably wasn't beneficial for anybody. Right. Um, but was uh, there violence too or no? Or just, no, just, there was not... more my mom just yelling a lot and throwing pans and shit. You know, yeah. Just frustrated like, with him. Frustrated with him. And him doing whatever he felt like, and just he pretty much would just you know I remember he was he had a, he was cool as a cucumber, because uh, I think he realized it. I mean he was noted for like being in bar fights and stuff like that, and almost making gold gloves and things. You know I never had any of those boxing skills that he could pack down, but I heard like he was vicious when if he if you mess with him he'd just take you out like mm -hmm. that. So he was good. I appreciate the fact that he didn't hurt my mom or anything or his wife, and you know we survived up to the time that you know up to six. He followed us across the country eventually, and they tried to get back together in miners' apartment buildings, but that only lasted about a year. Then what ensued was my mom dating bikers, me seeing, you know, narcotic officers dropping over the fence with pot plants, and living in a very, very volatile situation bouncing around the valley. It's probably wow. the best way to put it. This is the stuff that people are struggling with, man. You think you're the only one or like I've had crazy stories. I'm not the only one. You're not the only one. It's for people to go, oh shit, because they see a put together, a successful executive level person. That's what they see. It they don't know overnight. like you've been through that. Holy fuck! It didn't happen overnight. Maybe I can exactly. So let's go. Let's go, go ahead, man. I wouldn't be here now, perceived as being put together, if I wasn't my own best psychologist. I don't need someone to unravel something and try to put it together in their viewpoints i know what happened to me and i think i'm my own best psychologist so like i think we're our, own, we're our own best doctors we need advice to kind of get to the right place and that's why i know opening up to you you might have some really good wisdom for me you can't rely on a therapist to fix you and a therapist will tell you i'm not going to fix you i'm trying to get you to open up and to and the therapist would be like go read these five books they're the ones that got me doing my own therapy actually i had a good oh, therapist so that said okay. don't rely on me i'm gonna tell you what i think Go read this, go read that, go think about it, go write. Still, you're your own best therapist. Always. But I appreciate you sharing because I think I, I love unlicensed therapy like that that I like to do. Like, I'm not a therapist, but a lot of it's problem solving. A lot of it's, we're going through it and struggling. And I'm learning every day like you. I haven't figured it out at all. I'm just starting to scratch the surface of figuring it out. And struggling every day with my own insecurities and impatience and a lot still. And I want to talk about that more. So who's going to be able to say that we're done having psychology, you know, psychology meetings and getting psychoanalysis? Who in right. the end is going to be able to say that except us anyway? Right. So agreed, to man. Me, man. You I, took control. I had to. At I some mean, point. I, I took control, I think, right from the get go at six years old. I mean, to try to deal with this stuff. You know, whether it was burying myself in Spider-Man comic books to deal with the stuff going on around me. Yeah. Or finding BMX and finding mentors along the way. Yeah. To help me. Yeah. 
uh, that was who the, helped you. Who was the first? So probably my first one was probably uh, Bobby Insignis. He's like the number one racer back in the day. Like he's one of the old legends. Um, he uh, he used to live in Somar, and I live in Somar now. So like I'm now you know uh, 12, 13 years old, and uh, you know kind of lost. My mom's dating someone who uh, is in jail because he killed somebody, and the guy that is like the roommate is the guy that went with him to supposedly help him and watched him kill somebody that was supposed to be there to protect him so he didn't get killed and this guy like committed murder and my mom's standing by and putting guys over us and our two brothers like this is like screwed up stuff yeah. man so to deal with that stuff you none know, of which is your fault no right was. i'm just no, saying and i knew that yeah. you know like i said when did you figure out like really you have to at some point go okay this isn't my fault this has nothing to do with me i just gotta figure out how to make it better I don't know why, but I don't think I ever thought it was my fault. I don't know if that's a confidence that was kind of instilled in yeah. me or something somewhere. I don't know if it's a gene. I don't know if it's a hereditary gene. I don't know if it's something that maybe just even, like I said, my probably my baseline thing all goes back to comets, the hero the villain, mm. um, that kind of stuff. I, love I think that, that stuff actually helped me a I, lot. I was going to say, when you said your comics, I'm like, I don't want to gloss over that. <laughs> because Back to it. people think comic books are just comic books. But to kids, it's a way of understanding the world in a simple way that maybe can get you through tough times. Because we're all facing struggles of some sort, some bad things that are happening to us. Yeah, there's no doubt. I, I got to probably, I never really thought about it. So thank you for making me think about what this, because I never thought about what you just asked me. It is probably, it's probably like the Spider-Man and the Avenger comics and stuff, Marvel comics, you know. I, I had DC comics, but I wasn't a big DC fan. They're, I think they're, com you know, except for probably Batman, right? Kind of dark experiencing loss of his parents. Right. In a sense, I didn't really have parents. Let me just say that. No knock against my mom, but when you're putting other guys over your three kids, you're not a mom. Right. And I've told her. What I'm saying right now, she knows. We have talks. I still talk to her, but she knows that she's there. I was hoping she'd make it up with the grandkids, but she never did. Yeah. She's just too selfish. Yeah. I, I noticed that people that, I hope you're not this, I hope you're not a, and I know you, your, your kids are, aren't, a single kid that don't have any brothers or sisters because they happen to be very selfish. I've noticed in my life. They tend to not know how to share and not how to like take care of other people. And I think my mom being a single kid from a very rich, spoiled household didn't take advantage of that. And she fell into this thing, being enamored with my dad being Italian and, you know, the tough guys in the 50s and the bars drinking and smoking. And, you know, do you think your mom got enough love growing up, though? Probably not. My grandmother was a real something else. Because that's my theory, man. <laughs> I don't. I understand okay, okay. that one child could be a factor because of the sharing thing, but a pattern I've noticed with people is they were either like, they weren't loved enough somehow. It could be through abuse, physical abuse. It could be through just lack of empathy, just apathy. Like, get apathy. away, go play. What do you want? I learned at a young <laughs> age I had to pay my own way. So um, going back to the BMX thing, I just heard Bobby lived in the neighborhood and he lived right by the school I went to, Dyer Street Ooh. Elementary, Bobby Encinas. Okay. He's like the number one racer in Southern yeah. California. He's the number one racer in the United States, mm -hmm. basically. Um, the NBA at the time, National Bicycle Association, had this thing with Southern California stuff, but he was like one of the top racers in the yeah. nation. Let's just say that. He and, was his one of those, and his name's Bobby Encino? Encinas. Encinas. 
Yeah, Bobby okay. Encinas. Encinas. Yeah, okay, I know you can look name. him up. You'll find yeah, him. Yeah, no, I've heard the name. You find him everywhere. I just went recently to him with to a uh, a uh, Hall of Fame uh, thing, kind of a reunion kind of thing. It was oh, really cool. cool. I got to visit guys from forty years ago that I competed against. It was pretty yeah. cool. But the racing thing. Okay, so I always let me just tell you, life was really so hard on me that I always tried to deal with it the best I could. And like I said, the comics. One of the first things I found, in addition to the comics, was finding competition. I found that if I can compete and stuff like that, not only did I enjoy it, it also took me away from my day's problems where if I bedded myself in that event or that thing, I didn't think about my problems anymore. So, so you found that. You found that way to escape, to give your mind a break. I was hoping. I was reading some magazines, probably something I picked up. Yeah, how did you start with BMX? So I started with BMX because like, I saw Bobby had his garage open one day. He used to make... He was part of the NBA. He worked for Ernie Alexander in the NBA, which is the National Boxing Association. So he would build trophies for Ernie, um, drilling out the con the marble and all the stuff, the cut cutting the the columns and stuff, and the double you know recessed nuts and everything. And so I would uh, I just drove up to him and I said, "Hey, are you Bobby Encinas?" And kind of introduced myself. And next thing I know, I was helping him build trophies for a few bucks. And uh, next thing I know. I was known as his protege. Next thing I know, I was racing BMX sponsored by Cycle Pro. Like how how long later? Just curious. A year. Like so, you start out in beginners, then you go novice expert. The first year, I was a beginner, racing in my jeans, a piece of tape tied in so it wouldn't get caught up in the crank, and uh, Valley Youth Center, Balboa, and like I don't know Venture or something. Yeah, but yeah, and uh, I used to have to ride there from Silmar. And still be able to compete after riding a bike two hours. <laughs> so you were warmed up when you got there. I guess. Like really warmed up. <laughs> I struggled at first. But yeah. I did find a source of inspiration or maybe motivation or maybe that chip on the shoulder like Jordan. Which was? Not to even compare myself to Jordan, but just the fact of the chip on the shoulder part. Because when I would practice, I don't know if I was just going through the motions, but I didn't know how to get in the moment. I didn't know how to get the body and mind connection i wanted to win i asked bobby and he said dude just you ride okay but it doesn't look like you're trying hard enough it's okay so eventually bobby you know started realizing i was riding there and he goes dude come on man you can't do that even though it's going to make you in better shape it ain't going to help you that night i see so the, the riding so, to the event didn't help. Okay. Yeah, that was part <laughs> that's of it. That's what it was, yeah. Yeah, I was burned out. Come well, on, that's man. That's two hours. I was, burned was out. <laughs> I was burned out. I was on probably a slice of bologna and a breakfast, you know, mixed meal, Ovaltine or something. That's what was in my house. I mean, I've had times embarrassing where a kid that would invite me while we were being mixed race, invite me to his house, have the best spread in the world. Then I, you know, got to return the favor, invite him to my house. And yeah, thanks, mom. Empty refrigerator. But anyway, the racing thing, I found inspiration in being irritated that my dad wasn't there for me. So I used my dad. I would just focus in that that passion and energy that came out of like, why did you just take this route in life? And why didn't you be a better parent? I used that and mm. it clicked. Wow. It just clicked. What, did you want to be better? Was it like you trying to be better than your dad? Was it you trying to show your dad? Like, I just wanted here's to, what you could have had. I just didn't, I didn't want it? to live like the way I was living. Yeah. And I wanted to make sure if I ever had kids, I never put them through what I went through. So it was the dad thing. I'm just saying you are that dad type and your dad not being the way you that he could have been to allow you to be successful without all the pain you were trying to be not be that 
Yeah, like even my dad, my dad was there and I appreciate that. I got lucky. It's all about luck. You didn't get to choose. I didn't get to choose, but sorry, dad, but he's an (laughs) ass. He's kind of an ass. Like he's beating us and yelling at us. Yeah. (laughs) But sometimes I'm just saying, man, that heavy thumb. Yeah. Didn't it, it was good for some things. Security. I knew he was there and I, I had this father figure I looked up to a lot, but really kept me very tunnel vision i didn't play i didn't wrestle i didn't play football mm. I did, he was like you're not going to that school oh geez. you know you're you're gonna stay home and go to this school yeah. don't go to east coast like you didn't have the support but it did kind of allow you to find yourself a lot sooner so in a sense i have to thank my mom which yes. i really did actually i thanked her for being the way she was i didn't appreciate that the the, the journey was the journey but i do realize the journey had to happen to make me who I am today. Yes. So, and I, but here's the problem yes. with it. Yeah. There was you don't no want good, to condone no good it. intentions behind it. Yeah, I know. It just happened to be that way. So I can't give her all the credit, right? She didn't, you know, maybe she gets the credit in the sense that she didn't dump me on a freeway. How about that? A, okay, How about that? That's good. Give her something. <laughs> but let me tell you this. To me, it's not about credit. I just want to offer another perspective okay. that might be helpful to you. Okay. To me, it's not please, about yeah, credit. Mm-hmm. It's about just truly empathizing with people. And it's harder to empathize with people that have hurt you. But if you are able to someday step back and truly go, wow, like what happened to her? What was her state of mind? She was probably hurt, you know, hurt herself, right? Yeah. Your dad was probably like abused or had an alcoholic father himself or something to, you know, drive him or... Some people were are born with chemical imbalances that again aren't their fault. Well, they're just they're yeah. Like, I've had friends help me with that too. Yeah. The anger part because I was angry for a yeah. long time, and then I realized that I couldn't hold that because it could hold me back. Even though I was still achieving things along the way in my adult life, later um, people told me, "Don't be angry about it because if you hold that anger towards your mom." Now here's the here's the one thing that made it hard. First of all, chemical imbalance. I always feared I'd be an alcoholic, but I realized that. Um, I don't think I have a chemical imbalance because I kind of tested that. And I don't drink regularly. And you're still here. I'm Thank still goodness. here. <laughs> and I don't drink regularly, yeah. but I drink when I want to sell, you know, celebratory drink or a social drink. Yep. And I've only been drunk one time in my life, my whole life at 18, I stupid drive in, you know, messing around with yeah. friends and stuff. Not everybody but, has that. I think it is a gene. I think it is a gene. Or some thing. kind but of I was worried about it, right? Because yeah. my dad being alcoholic, some maybe he had the gene, and maybe I got it. But I, I think I got a little bit more of my mom's artistic abilities that passed down, and I got my dad's heart. Yeah, man. Our parents are just regular people. Like, it's just they're portrayed on TV as, like, there's perfectionism portrayed, but our parents are regular people, and we all know there's a lot of hurt people out there, a lot of messed up people out there, and sometimes those are our parents yeah so what do you do go oh i'm a i'm fucked up too or you say that's their game i can't necessarily change them i'll help them if i can but what can i do for me Mm -hmm. and and a lot of and if you have that attitude you can and you're an example of that so first thing is the heart part yes Uh, i know my dad's heart passed me down to me because i think he gave me that fighting spirit that i have to this day and secondly i don't the irritation versus my mom or my dad, I feel like my dad didn't have a lot of control over a lot of things, and I felt like at least he was real. I felt like he'd step in front of a car for me, even though he was an alcoholic. 
I understand that. My mom, on the other hand, just really just too selfish, man. I understand. You know why? Because I wiped the slate clean and said, let's go forward, mom. When I was 23, 24, and I started making it in the world a little bit, started, you know, getting my way into college and working for myself and working, you know, taking jobs and trying to, you know, never getting a dollar from my mom for college, never getting a dollar for anything. I didn't get a dollar to go to Jamal Wilkes basketball camp when I was 13. I didn't get a dollar for BMX racing or anything. Everything I did was me. And that's try to pass that on to my kids. But my mom, I wiped the slate clean, hoping that she'd have a second chance to prove that. That she could have a second chance with my kids. She failed. And uh, I thought that that second chance she would take a better advantage of because I know if I was given it and I'd made those mistakes, I would have. But she didn't. You know, she's just, just so selfish. She's supposed to help. My, my daughter is preemie and uh, Kelly needed help and she, she came and just was all about her. She just didn't do anything and just over and over again. And, my, and Tori, my daughter at 14, tried to give her a chance to get in her life and I said, I tried to protect her. I said, look, here's your grandma who's not really your grandma, my mom, who's not really a mom, but is my blood. And if you want to have a relationship with her, I've always tried to protect you. But you got to find out for yourself some things. So I put those two into contact. I stepped back and let them do their thing. I wanted right. to be wrong. I know. So bad, Rick. I wanted to I'm be wrong. I'm sad because I know how much it means to you and I know how painful it is that she didn't come through. But I And, and, and that's not something to gloss over. Something to like marinate, marinate in and understand and feel, but still has nothing to do with you, your kids, as much as you want that, because that's what you think she's supposed to do. There is no supposed to really. There's not, not, that's not truth. But when do we rubber stamp the love and stop it? I mean, okay, I love my mom because she's my mom, but where does that stop? If you're like hurting me or my my kids or my inner circle then i will put you aside and say i still love you but stay over there so you can still say you love them sure okay maybe so not it, even directly not, so not to say it sounds yeah. like sarah jessica parker yeah yeah but when is it okay to say i don't love my mom anymore oh well what does love you know mean she used to throw that out there yeah, yeah. you could totally say it by the way with no judgment at all you don't have to love anybody you don't have to do anything it's your fucking game it's your rules so when i put those two together yeah. What she did to Tori, where Tori put her heart on the line, yeah. and you did that to my kid now, yeah, yeah. it's worse than doing it to me, right. right? If you hurt our kids, it's worse than you hurt me, right? Yes. So here's the thing. When you say you're going to come to her thing, and she's starting Cleopatra at school, and you literally cannot show up, and you literally can actually put a put a sword through her heart and tell her you're going to Laughlin with some friend, right? and put some friend again over family after you promised her, and you've been conversing on her yes. text and phone calls, and I know what it means to Tori to maybe think she, she would have a relationship with her grandmother. Because look, she goes to school with all our friends. You know how it is with our kids. They go to school, they have their grandparents yes. involved in something, and they say, hey, my grandparents did this to me. Oh, they helped me with this, or they did this for me, and I got to do this with my grandma and my grandfather. She didn't have any of those experiences. She was trying to grab right. on, and, and she and was trying so up. hard, and I it know. fucked her up, and she didn't want nothing to do with her I know. to this day now. And that's, that's the okay. end of it. And she only gave her one chance. Right. Because she knew going in, kind of what she was dealing with. 
she's a smart girl, so she knew. And I, I got it's a harsh that. lesson to learn at that but, age, you know. But but that's the moment that I felt like I didn't love my mom anymore, no matter what. I got you. Going back to the BMX thing, yes. Well, it took about three years to go from beginners to novice to expert, and basically what happened is I basically worked for the NBA, built trophies, hung out with Bobby and seen this, became his protege, won a national um, as a as a novice, became an expert, got an offer from Cycle Pro, was on all their posters and their print. So I started racing for Team Factory Shimano. My name was on the van, print media, all this stuff. And I got to race BMX. And it was a freaking beautiful thing, man. It was a place where I could go hide from life in a sense, right? Yes. The painful life that I was leading. You found a team, just, man. I found a team. You found right? a we. I had it. Yeah, you didn't have a we. A community. Yeah, you had a community. It's found all a community. about community, right? Yes, it is, man. You found something that talked to you. You didn't like go, I hate bikes, but I'll do it anyway. Yeah. You enjoyed it. Yeah. So you found something that allows sure. you to be part of a, a community, which is so important, especially when you don't have a family. Even though I was racing BMX, Rick, I'd tell people, well, I'm going to UCLA, I'm going to be in the NBA. What the fuck do I know? So basketball I don't even know what that means to get there or do it, but that's what I want to do because I used right. to watch, you know, Magic Johnson on TV. Yeah, me too. And watch Kareem. Huge and, fan. and of course, Jamal Wilkes. Yep. So there was one bad rainy season in BMX. Bobby came to my house after it, and I've been playing a lot of hoops during the. What am I going to do? You know, sit at home and be with my mom and the fucking drug addicts, you know. And the you were know? they all hanging out at the house? Oh, dude, there were some parties. I'm what telling were you, some of the memories, man? Like so the, one of the biggest that. memories I have was sitting on a uh, lawn chair in the back, reading the newspaper, probably about the Lakers or something like that. I see some guy with a suit and sunglasses jump over, and then a bunch of people just started jumping over the fence. There were like rows and rows of pot plants probably as big as your boy there <laughs> okay <laughs> because josh <laughs> and uh, you know they were growing plants and selling and stuff that was part of the income i guess and i watched about did you know that or did, you didn't you know, know what those plants were they were fucking weeds as far as i was concerned so they hop over the fence boom boom they're pulling shit out of the thing and i'm just like it's happening so fast i'm literally stunned and just sitting on this lawn chair and i'm watching people getting wheeled out of my house in handcuffs and stuff like that and then i call my mom after it all gets blown over and i said kind of described the best i could at 11 what happened and then she came home and that was an experience that just blew me away and i was like shaking because you know they drew guns drew and everything. guns everything yeah drew guns and everything damn at 11 it wasn't uh exciting that's a lot it was a lot man it was a lot you know, well, I watched a guy freak yeah. out on acid one time and during a party and we were told to stay in our room and, you know, the stuff got so loud and the commotion, man, I thought we were in danger. So I was protecting my three brothers. By the way, of course, my mom and her wife have one room. His kid has another room by themselves. And me and my two brothers are in the, a, a small box about as big as this area, maybe half of this area. Wow, man. And they're spent they're sleeping there. Yeah. Did you feel safe there? Like, how no, did you feel? I never felt safe. You, this wow. day, I only sleep five hours a night. It's not because of that, but I learned to function on five hours. And then I realized I'm going to. Why? Have, Why? You had to be. Because I, like I had to go to college, work to go to college on my own, work 30 hours to have insurance, take care of myself since I was 11 years old, basically. I was building trophies. I was making money from that. Guess what my mom did? She went to my sponsor, not Shimano, but the Cycle Pro one, because she knew it was in Monrovia. She fucking picked up my check because she thought I was making enough money building trophies. Picked up your check. Picked up my check, check and cashed my check for that was my yeah. sponsorship yeah. check. If there's any advice for anybody, is to channel that into motivation. 
and figure out a way to get out of it. Yes. And that's when I say I talk about this pain, I had so much of it that it was, I turned it into fuel. Love it, it was my fuel to say, I'm not going to do this to my kids someday. I'm going to be a better person because of it. I'm going to be able to be able to be a provider for a family someday. I'm going to be a success if it kills me. Dude, turn your pain into fuel. That's what I'm saying. I have to thank my mom because she put me in this pain. And I told her, I said, look, you don't get credit for being who I right. am today. I'm still not splitting you I'm with still you. not chopping it up with you. <laughs> you know? But she's jealous. She tells my brother she's jealous of who I am and what I make. Why aren't you happy for me? Because Why the fuck are you because, not happy bro, for low me? Low self-esteem. She can't show up to your daughter's thing because she's not. She's nothing. She thinks. Okay. I'm not saying she is. Right. She thinks of herself. All right. I'm telling that you, makes I, a little know, bit of sense. I understand Actually people. makes a lot of sense. Yes. When you think you are nothing, that you're a low life, that you don't even deserve. In fact, I'm just going to go ahead and fuck it up right now and not show <laughs> up because I don't deserve to be in her life, this beautiful girl. Well, I never she thought She might of that. literally be thinking that, that, but is so fucked up in her own mental prisons. People don't show up all the time. Yeah, all my clients that I have from yeah. IT business, they know that they can always count on me at any time of the day. I'm the guy you call at 2 in the morning because I'm up. I'm not the guy at 6 a.m., unfortunately, that you call, though. But right. they always know they can get me, and they always know they're going to hear from me and let them know what my situation is. I'm going to ask you a question. Sure. Do you love what you do? Are you passionate about mm, that's IT service work? Um, I'm passionate about IT because it, it helps serve a purpose for me and my family. I do love it because it does that. Is it the actual thing? Fuck no. I want to play in the NBA, but that's okay. not going to happen. Gotcha. I was gonna, <laughs> my follow-up question is, what is your number one passion? If you Okay, so yeah. like I told you, what drove me and got me here was yeah. competition yep. and learning how to, because it kind of allowed me to escape life. Yes, you're but, a competitive But now it's not guy. that anymore. It's not about escaping life yep. anymore now. It was then. That was the purpose of then. The now of what competition yep. is, is I just enjoy competing yep. with good sportsmanship, yes. with a winner and a loser in any arena of choice. Right. That's what is the thing. arena of choice? Sir? Probably poker. Because just you say can, it, baby. Okay, poker. Because have you ever said it? You've never said it, have you? I have, but when? to only select people. So you add like who? You, who have like you, you now? To? My wife. She By the knows way, that my she knows that poker is your this? number one passion. My wife's my better a better coach than me. You know what she told me about a client that was yeah. giving me a hard time one time? She said, Drop fire him. the client and play poker that day. Just that day. That is your client for that day. Your Wednesday client is no longer XYZ company. It's poker. Go fucking kick ass in poker. Bring back the numbers that you always bring back. You know your ROI. What are Why you doing? Are you running an IT business? <laughs> <laughs> Come on now, James. Come on now. Let's get into Come it. Come on, man. Let's get into it. Okay, yeah. Come on. I'm running an IT business because it's a guaranteed security. Yes. Do Even though the poker's I, I, guaranteed too, Rick, the poker's somewhat guaranteed How many years have you been playing poker? Since 1991. Okay, before I tell you what I really think, I want to just give you a potential solution, which is what if you only did the high value things in IT? Like, I'm going to do the $500 an hour stuff. And then I'm going to go play poker and get that 150 up to. So I'm in the midst of trying hour. to get there right now. Got you. Have you ever had a losing year in poker? No. Because you adjust. It's not that you don't have bad streaks. Don't you have bad streaks? Of course. So you, you know adjust. what bad streaks are called? What are those called? Starts with a V. V vagina? 
<laughs> it's smooth and velvety, but it's not vagina. <laughs> variance. Variance. It's variance. Right. It's variance. But if you're not able to adjust your game and call audibles, yes. you ain't getting the variance nor the vagina. So what are the audibles of poker? <laughs> what are the audibles? Yeah, you're right. You know what I'm saying? You come home broke, the, the wife, no the money, wife no money, no honey. No money, no honey, baby. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>